You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, stay connected wherever you go and transform your vehicle into a dependable Wi-Fi hotspot. Powering applications like real-time GPS and voice assistant, navigation becomes a breeze. Even on the practice field, AT&T in-car Wi-Fi keeps you connected while in proximity of your vehicle. Work, stream shows, or finish homework without missing a beat. See if you're eligible for a free trial at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. Don't let connectivity be a roadblock in your journey. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. All right, guys, welcome back. I have a new friend here with me today where today's exciting and I like these kind of days because I get to be more of a student and get to learn and ask questions and just learn things. So we have another expert, another licensed therapist on Caitlin Olson. Hello. Hey, expert feels weird, but okay. Yeah, I'll do that. Does that feel weird? <laughs> well, this is like a whole probably other podcast episode yeah. right but this idea of like what does it mean to be an expert and yeah. aren't we always learning aren't we all students all the time but no I'll take it it's it's cool yeah hi yeah, I'll take it <laughs> what I'm saying is she knows what she's talking about when it comes to what we're about to talk about and I talk about this all the time so it should be a whole episode I don't know if I have done a whole episode on this where we have to be very careful where we're getting our information especially when it comes to mental health mm-hmm. because we can learn like this podcast, we can learn anything. But even just like listening to a podcast and learning something doesn't make you an expert in it in 40 minutes or however long this mm-hmm. podcast is. So, mm-hmm. so we have to be careful where we get our information. And we have to be careful with what we do with our information and how we use it. With all of that being said today, I'm excited because we're going to be talking about something that I know all the listeners or most of the listeners are going to really find value in and and lean into. And it's something that I think that you guys usually message and, and talk to me a lot about liking is when we do more episodes around like trauma or attachment and stuff like that. So what is betrayal trauma? And I guess give us a small nutshell, and then we're going to just dive into it very deeply. Sure. Yeah. So betrayal trauma is a term that was coined by Jennifer Fried in the mid 90s. And her first published work was in 1997. But she used this term to describe what happens when an individual is betrayed by the system on which that individual depends. Mm -hmm. And the system might be as small as a family of origin or parents, right? Like just two people or one person who represents the family unit, or might be really, really big, like 
a whole government or a, a big powerful institution or organization. So this can be really, it can be very like intense close to you, or it can be this yeah. larger thing that's in, in both of them. I'm thinking about like government power mm-hmm. versus like my mom, like you can see them in yes. a bunch of different ways. Yeah. 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 So yeah. why is it important for us to, to have a name for this? and to, to actually define this. There's so much to be said for naming and putting words to and wrapping language around mm-hmm. experience, right? Mm-hmm. I think you probably, as a fellow therapist, like we really understand how powerful it can be to be able to verbalize an experience, right? Mm-hmm. So betrayal trauma, it gives that specificity that the general idea of trauma just can't. And trauma has become kind of co-opted and hijacked and, you know, people say they're traumatized by a bad manicure, like, you know, and so it's a whole other thing that I'm trying. Maybe we can talk about that too. It's like, not everything is trauma. Right. And what does it really mean to claim traumatization? And so betrayal trauma, I think kind of reclaims the Mm -hmm. true meaning of trauma, but then it also Mm -hmm. really makes concrete what can often feel very abstract. Mm -hmm. So one really clear, I think, easy to understand example of betrayal trauma is abuse, you know, interpersonal Mm -hmm. violence, emotional, sexual, physical, mental abuse. If we look at physical abuse, you know, as a specific example, it's easy for most people to understand that that's a betrayal. Like that's, that's a violation, right. Of, of some sort of contract, whether spoken or unspoken between two people. Um, When it gets to emotional or when it gets to mental abuse, it's really harder because it's more abstract Mm -hmm. and it's harder to quote unquote prove, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's again, where, why are we asking victims to Uh, prove their abuse? Right. But but if, if we need to prove it, then it's harder and it is more abstract again. So to have this term betrayal trauma, to really encompass all these different forms of abuse can be really beneficial. And that's where my work really started. You know, I learned about betrayal trauma in the context of infidelity, sexual betrayal in a marriage. And it wasn't until a few years into that work. And I got more and more curious about this trauma lens, you know, and focusing through this specific perspective that I did some research and I started reading up on Jennifer Fried, who can I swear she is, you can say whatever you want. Like she is so, you know, an academic and she's like, but she mm-hmm. is such a badass. She That's like a whole nother hour. I could mm-hmm. just tell her story, right? But I'll let you do some of your own reading and mm-hmm. I'll I'll give you a link so you can put it in the show notes. So okay. this really cool article that just came out earlier this year about her. When I started reading about her, I realized that she coined the term through her research. And again, it was about the more macro systemic level. Mm-hmm. So interpersonal, you know, uh, someone cheated on their partner or cheated on their spouse is kind of like, again, several steps down the path of where betrayal trauma really started. There's a a million questions that are floating in my head, but I want to go backwards for a second, because when you were talking about the difference between like physical and mental abuse, I just think it's, it's worth just taking a second to say this. I don't even know how this is going to come out, but it, it is so frustrating to me. And I'm sure you see it, it with clients, but also like just in life. It is just so frustrating that somebody hits you, pushes you down a flight of steps or stairs. It's like, yes, that is not okay. That was abuse. That is, should not happen. You didn't deserve that. There's these more like covert emotional psychological wounds that people are experiencing. There is that essence of like 
feeling like you have to prove it. And if there's an essence of feeling like you have to prove your abuse, it almost just makes you feel like then it must not be real. Yes. And it is so frustrating. I I don't know if I'll keep this part in there, but I just want to say it. I had an experience with, well, it wasn't even my experience. My friend had an experience with a boss who was very narcissistic, had a lot of narcissistic mm-hmm. qualities. And it was so frustrating because when she told her story and she would spoke about what happened, she was like shut down and like threatened. And I'm like, yeah, but if he pushed you down a flight of stairs and you had a bruise on your face or a broken bone, he would be in trouble. But because there's no physical wound, Mm -hmm. then you kind of have to shut your mouth. Like it's so frustrating. And the inside of that, of like what that does to somebody who has to almost like it's either you have to suck it up and deal with it or it's like I'm not safe like the world isn't like yes the world won't protect me I can't find protection yes you're taking it to such a good point that helps quote unquote again I don't like that we kind of have to do this but legitimize these forms of trauma and again these like general forms of betrayal trauma because when we are you know a person like you said inside what it does to them when the belief is formed and solid that I'm not safe or the world isn't safe. That is constant trauma, right? And then every day I'm not safe. Every day the world isn't safe. And then we can get into looking at what that does in terms of other symptoms, like constant anxiety, intrusive thinking, flashbacks. Mm -hmm. And then we get to a PTSD Mm -hmm. diagnosis, right? So we can legitimize it through, again, the medical lens of the EPA and the DC and the DSM but it, it is really frustrating how much work it takes. And I'm mm-hmm. sure you've had this happen a lot. I'll sit with clients, you know, especially women, because women tend to have less power mm-hmm. in heterosexual relationships. And they'll say like, well, you know, they'll say, I feel petty. I feel like I'm just complaining. I feel yeah. like this is not that big a deal. It could be worse. Right. And I just watched a beautiful example of this in the show made on Netflix. If you haven't watched Mm -hmm. that yet, this, Mm -hmm. this series does such, it's just a brutal, honest look and it is helpful too. I don't think it's like all hard to watch. It's really cool. And it's based on the true story of a woman being psychologically tormented by her Mm -hmm. partner and trapped and controlled. And there are elements of physicality, but he never Mm -hmm. like put his hands on her or their child. Mm -hmm. So she really was like, this isn't real abuse. She really said that she's like real real people who are, or people who are being really abused need that spot in the domestic violence shelter. Right. Or they need this support. Mm -hmm. I don't need it because he didn't like, he didn't ever hurt me. And it took a lot of education, you know, and a lot of time for her to really see it that way. And that's the kind of thing that I sit with, with women all the time. And so betrayal Mm -hmm. trauma, I think, Physical abuse, certainly, like you said, if it's visible, then Mm -hmm. it's easier. And I think that's a little bit biological, like, you know, we're visual beings, but it's certainly cultural training too. Mm -hmm. But then also sexual betrayal, you know, because I tend to work Mm -hmm. with a slice of the population that really values marriage, really values family and feels connected to their like spiritual well-being, you know, like we have mm-hmm. to stay married, we have to make this work. And so when mm-hmm. a marriage contract is violated through sexual infidelity, that tends to be a thing that women will really protest and kind of quote unquote let themselves take seriously. Whereas there's probably been emotional, psychological, mental forms of betrayal, if not abuse, but betrayal mm-hmm. 
like for years and years and years, you know, before mm-hmm. that affair before that happened. Mm-hmm. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, stay connected wherever you go and transform your vehicle into a dependable Wi-Fi hotspot. Powering applications like real-time GPS and voice assistant, navigation becomes a breeze. Even on the practice field, AT&T in-car Wi-Fi keeps you connected while in proximity of your vehicle. Work, stream shows, or finish homework without missing a beat. See if you're eligible for a free trial at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. Don't let connectivity be a roadblock in your journey. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't get distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. I don't know if this is a tangent or if this goes in line with what we're talking about, but I was having a conversation with somebody a couple years ago and we were talking about, this might really get you going because this got me going. (laughs) We were talking about like abuse and and trauma and victimhood and all of that. And this person made made the point, as an adult, you can't be a victim. We were talking about like relationship trauma Mm -hmm. and she was like you can't be a victim you're choosing that person would be choosing to stay in that relationship and I laughed because I (laughs) have to calm myself down because I just went off the handle of do you realize that nobody in a very sound healthy mind would choose willingly to stay in a relationship that is harmful to them nobody would do that So obviously we have to come from a perspective of they're not in a, they don't have full capability Mm -hmm. in relationships where there is abuse and the person is continuing to go back or stay. There's a reason. One of those reasons might just be like safety. Like I'm afraid what will happen if I do leave. One of those reasons might be that they don't know that they have the ability to because this person has used manipulation and and their capabilities and all that. And so I just tell that story because what I want everybody to know and hear is that 
when you're you find yourself in one of those situations it's not your fault like it's very easy to really demonize yourself Mm -hmm. and even when you're saying like oh i'm being petty it's like so now it's it's you yeah like i need to be yeah more fill in the blank like kind loving accepting yeah and sometimes religious abuse is a part of that like i just need to pray more i just need to be more a better christian you know whatever Mm, that like yeah yeah, it's so good it makes my skin crawl Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I say that as a Christian, right? Like it, it's yeah. not about the belief. It's about the abusive twisting, like tainting, you know, of, of those tools. So is a key there for the betrayal trauma is that the trauma is happening within somebody that you depend on, right? So, mm-hmm. so yeah. if it yeah. is macro, it's like, does it, fe- I wonder that it feels like you don't have power because yeah. if you're depending on this person, so then one, I want to talk about some examples, but two, like, yeah. how are you supposed to help yourself if you also depend on this thing? Yes. No, it's such a good question. And it helps. I think like you're starting to feel some of that trapped stuckness, just mm-hmm. thinking about it. Right. Yeah. So it helps to really, I think, sit with like, this is really hard and it's, it's not any person's fault. It's not any one individual's personal failing that they don't know how to get out or they don't know what to do. And again, you just described really well, like the mental um, just erosion that happens in that kind of setting, like death by a thousand cuts. But then even if there's, there's enough of that mental, emotional kind of inner fortitude to say, okay, I want to get out. The options can feel really, really overwhelming in their absence, but then also overwhelming in their like kind of making it happen. Right. Like, okay. So I'll give you an example. We can talk about, I think I sent this to you in my email. Like there's a woman who's being, let's say abused at home and she is a stay at home mom and she doesn't have her own car and her phone is constantly being checked by her spouse and she doesn't have access to any finances. Right. And all of that is abuse. And then maybe she's also getting physically threatened, sexually abused, sexually threatened. Right. Um, So all these different forms of abuse, if she maybe gets injured to the point of bleeding or broken bone, she's in a hospital, the people at the hospital may say, we got to get the police here. This is protocol, right? We're mandated reporters. The police come and they're like, eh, you know, if this is the first time and we don't have any other record and it seems like of spat and maybe the husband is there and he's like, it was an accident. I'm so sorry. I lost my temper. I'm going to start AA tomorrow, you know, and police don't have like the training, you know, and there's, that's a whole other conversation about Mm -hmm. police and all that, but whoever responds, the social worker, right. There's, uh, there's sometimes not the training around interpersonal betrayal trauma. And there's often not a clear cut plan. And there are these barriers, like it has to be a certain amount of times or a certain number of reports before we're going to take steps. So she, this woman is first betrayed by her partner and then betrayed by the governmental funded systems that's supposed to protect you that are, that are there to protect her and help her. Like that's what it's designed for. Okay. Well then let's actually widen this out too, because I'm just thinking about marginalized people in general Yeah, and I don't want to get into a conversation really about the police, but right (laughs) because there's so much there, but I was listening to this made me think of Justin Baldoni. Who's been on before. He's awesome. He has a podcast called man enough and he had Karamo on from uh, queer. Eye. have you watched that? Yeah. Yeah. I love Karamo. So he was on and he was talking, he was, it was such a good episode because he like just laid it out and was very honest and open. And he was in an abusive relationship with his partner 
and the police were called on them and they were physical with each other. And he was like, the police don't know how to handle or I don't know what the right word is, but help a same sex couples, especially yeah. when they're two men. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, guys, figure it out. Or It wasn't that big. It, they acted like it wasn't that big of a deal. Yeah. Because yeah. it's like two dudes fighting in their eyes is kind of how you described it feeling. Yeah. And yeah. and that goes to like, oh, this like group of people, nobody thought to give do a training on that mm-hmm. nobody thought to th- look at how do we help that mm-hmm. and the other thing i mean same sex and then also he's black i don't know yeah his partner but so right. there's double on that yeah. yeah which i don't don't want to go too far into that but but i'm just thinking about like okay if the police are supposed to be the people that i call to help when i feel unsafe well, first of all, my partner's supposed to be the one that's keep me right. supposed to keep me safe. Right. Then I call the police. It's the same thing that you're talking about. Then I yeah. call the police, and they're supposed to help me, but they right. act like it's no big deal. Right. So I just feel terrified. In yes. This. Yeah. It's another blow. You know, we talk about um, traumatic brain injuries, right? And it's like the more the brain gets hurt, the more likely it is to have permanent damage. It's not like a muscle where the more you use it, the stronger you get, right? It's like the more it happens, the the worse it gets and it compounds. So when you talk about yeah. things doubling, it's like, yes, but it's also kind of squared. It's like bigger oh. than just one plus one, you know? And this this example that we're using, we can apply it to showing up at the hospital and, and the police don't help or the hospital is a social worker, but also going to like maybe you're getting abused at home and you go to your parents and they're like, mm. sounds like a young couple having a spat or you go to your religious leaders, right? Again, who kind of hold some oh. power in terms of your spiritual, eternal well-being. If that's part of your belief system, you might go to your yeah. religious leaders and they're like, I think you just need to tra- practice humility, right? Or here, oh, take yeah. this scripture to read and pray harder, right? Mm-hmm. And I say it in this mocking way and I'm frustrated about it. I do feel hopeful for like the direction we're headed, but there have been Mm -hmm. so many people and my specialty is in, you know, heterosexual couples working with women in betrayal trauma. But when I think about this, like you said, applied to marginalized communities, communities Mm -hmm. of color, queer community, Mm -hmm. immigrant community. I mean, there are just so many, so many levels at which this happens. It's not Mm -hmm. like at home and then here it's like every step along the way there's another traumatization is much more likely to happen than not there's a difference in being a victim of abuse and playing a victim role totally yeah and sometimes uh we get in those spots and we choose to play that victim role yeah because it helps us get a need met, whether that need is like, I don't want to do anything or I want other people to do things for me or all of that. Sure. This is not that. And I'm just imagining how hopeless one might feel in these experiences yeah. of if the person that's supposed to protect me or the person I'm supposed to be able to trust or this person, like, and then the person above them, mm-hmm. it's how do I learn? Because I would imagine it would, the trauma blows would in some circumstances, just like almost like make a person feel smaller and smaller and smaller yes. and, and more yeah. alone and more alone and more yeah. alone and more scared. And how do I build myself so I can go get my needs met? Because mm-hmm. the opposite of that is like this person is supposed to help me get my needs met isn't helping me. Mm-hmm. Well, if I'm being kind of like created smaller in that, how do I build myself back up so I don't have to, I'm a victim, but I don't have to play yeah. the victim role. I can feel like I can help myself. Uh, yeah, I like the way you're being clear and careful, like to be victimized, right. Can kind of happen to anyone. 
but to like identify as a victim and thrive in that victim mentality is Mm -hmm. a whole other unhelpful place to be sometimes, but it's often like a step, right? It's kind of a a stage in the process. So to answer your question, how do I build myself back up? Uh, What I see happen over and over and over again is women kind of internalizing messages that tell them it's not that bad. And so they tell themselves, okay, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. At least he hasn't hurt me, or at least he hasn't touched my kids, or at least, Mm -hmm. you know, I have a roof over my head. I have food on the table. I don't have to work. Like I should feel grateful, right? They kind of talk to themselves in this way that they've been talked to, you know, they internalize Mm -hmm. the external and Oh, say that again. So they internalize the external. The external, the message. So the yeah. messages that this person or the system is sending, then All I'm now. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Then and I'm- so many times they'll, again, like go to a trusted loved one and be be really invalidated and minimized. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, okay, you know, I guess it's me. And so I just need to work on myself. But it actually contributes to that erosion, right? Because mm-hmm. they internalize those really unhelpful external messages. And they get, like you said, really, really small, hopeless, like deep depression, mm-hmm. manic anxiety, perfectionism. A lot of the women I work with end up throwing themselves into things like food, diet, body, sculpting, mm-hmm. you know, like that kind of mm-hmm. like, you know this, because I think you're a spin instructor, right? Mm-hmm. Like you can see this yes. in the gym culture. So they'll just kind of make themselves smaller in literal ways, right? Like trying to really take control where they can. Often what happens though, like how do I build myself back up? It starts with, there's some line that maybe they didn't even know they had that gets crossed and that's Mm -hmm. maybe the affair, right? Or the kids are in the room when he throws something, right? Or the kid gets hurt or they're in the car while he's driving drunk, like these, this line that they thought would never be crossed or had never really considered as a real boundary, it gets violated. And you all see women like put their kids in the car and drive away and have no idea where they're going or just like walk Mm -hmm. away with the clothes on their back. And this is where I feel hopeful is because much more often than not, especially lately, I end up working with women who are not to that point yet but they can kind of see it happening. And so we start to make plans around how to notice when we're getting close to the edge of the cliff and not falling. Like we want to recognize it. And, you know, if it's domestic violence, then that's a safety plan. But more often than not, it's this really insidious, much more abstract psychological violence, Mm -hmm. emotional and mental abuse. And so in that case, it's a lot of recognizing what emotional safety is, Mm -hmm. you know, and tuning in with themselves. So building themselves up, if they're not worried about physical safety, it's often like, let's get you in like a journaling habit, you know, let's get you in a group. The combination of group therapy Mm -hmm. and one-on-one therapy is so good. Amazing. Yeah. It's so cool. Or maybe a support group, you know, but some setting where you can like start to talk about this and get validation and, and help help with that building because we can't do that for ourselves. We can't do it alone. Well, I wonder for a lot of these women, it's like you're, you're getting sent these messages and then you're internalizing these messages. And it sounds like a very scary thing to mm-hmm. go out and start trying to challenge those messages because if you really yeah. truly believe those things, yes. it's like, well, I am worthless. I am. Yeah. I do need this person. I am this. And so there's one, I don't feel like I'm really capable of doing that because I'm this bad, worthless person, but mm-hmm. also like, 
I really believe that. So it just sounds to me very, keep using this word, like terrified and scary. And the women that are going out and taking that step and challenging that, like one of the most courageous things probably somebody can do. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's the, the more fear there is, the more courage there has to be. Right. So really, really scary. And often they'll come, they'll meet with me for an hour and then they won't think about it. They won't do anything else until they see me again in like two weeks. Cause they just oh, yeah. seem really slow. Right. Mm-hmm. And we need to acknowledge too, that often women are dependent on their husband's certainly emotional, physical safety, but like to have food in their house. Right. And to pay any bills and there can be financial abuse where they don't have access to the money. And yeah. so there's a real like biological, survival instinct here. Like if I leave, I might not literally survive. I might be literally homeless and literally not be able to buy food for myself or my kids. So we have to, and that's where the betrayal is so sharp because Mm -hmm. there's so much control and power that can be uh, utilized. And Mm -hmm. in any sort of healthy interdependent marriage, a partner can stay home. It's not about both of you need to work and make money. It's, is there overt an equal power or is there covert unequal power? Right. Mm -hmm. And betrayal trauma is very lopsided. It's very covert and it's very unequal. And I bet that financial abuse is purposeful. Like the financial abuse is purposeful because there's some, there's so much power in that. And it's like holding, I just think of like holding somebody hostage. Yes. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. And that's where we go back to that betrayal bonds idea is that there is something very, very, powerful about the slow it's like being in a the, what is it the frog in the pot with the, the water turned on and you don't notice that it's boiling until it's too late right like this really slow burn. baby step yeah. slow burn exactly where maybe she lost her debit card or it got stolen and he's like don't worry we'll be fine you know and it's not yeah. like you do not have access it's almost never specifically well, it's said. also like you lost it Right. Like, yeah. So <laughs> yeah, he and it's like, oh, sorry. I'm, you know, I'm the flaky white. Like there are all yeah. things that can just layer on. And so unpacking that and validating every single experience of abuse, at least that, you know, is in the memory mm-hmm. and feels important takes time. And so the rebuilding usually is a slow burn itself and takes mm-hmm like a couple years at least. Yeah. But there's a big difference if you look at like one month to the next, one month, month one to month six to month nine. Mm-hmm. There are these shifts that are really important to acknowledge and mm-hmm. it's really powerful. But then I think we need to too, talk about like at the macro level, there mm-hmm. is financial abuse, right? And I think about the institutions and organizations around religion. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of power mm-hmm. and control dynamics happening. Mm-hmm. Have you seen that the HBO documentary, The Way Down? No. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. 
You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, stay connected wherever you go and transform your vehicle into a dependable Wi-Fi hotspot. Powering applications like real-time GPS and voice assistant, navigation becomes a breeze. Even on the practice field, AT&T in-car Wi-Fi keeps you connected while in proximity of your vehicle. Work, stream shows, or finish homework without missing a beat. See if you're eligible for a free trial at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. Don't let connectivity be a roadblock in your journey. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't get distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Okay. Well, that's a whole conversation. It's yeah. interesting because this quote unquote church is in the town I grew up in. Um, Remnant uh, Fellowship. But the HBO released a documentary about two weeks, two or three weeks ago on this church and kind of is exposing the cult like system that it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think with that as well, there's this question that people are like, why don't they leave? My sister-in-law actually said like, why do those people stay in there? Like, why do you think that the people still go to the church and all that? And I was like, because that's the power of manipulation and brainwashing. They believe that that is the good the goodness right. they believe it's that they're in overnight right yeah oh no, not, no 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 it's not quick. it's a grooming process yeah. and they even talk about that the grooming mm-hmm. process of that mm-hmm. and so to get somebody to leave what you're talking about is with the, with women is okay it's this slow process of changing their narrative in their head yeah yeah rebuilding their belief system and they ha- that's slow that doesn't it didn't happen overnight and it's not going to shift overnight and right. so getting somebody if i were just to like go to somebody that is part of a cult and i was to say this is a cult these people are crazy mm-hmm. for lack of a better term mm-hmm. you need to leave and come with me mm-hmm. they would think i was the crazy one they'd be like no 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 like i promise these people are good what i often say to women especially for sure if there's domestic violence or like threat of domestic violence i'll say to them at session one at some point you're probably going to need to leave whether for a separation or forever or ask him to move out like at some point that's probably going to need to happen at some point you're going to feel ready to do that. That's not now. And that's okay. Like we're going to stick together. There is no timeline. There's no deadline, right? I'll be with you until you get to that point. Mm -hmm. But just so you know, right? Like this is part of the healing process. Mm -hmm. And that's even true of healing the marriage, right? Mm -hmm. These guys, like they can change and they can heal. And I've seen miraculous recovery, right? On that end Mm -hmm. of things, but it's very much acknowledging like this takes time and it's going to take space and it's mm-hmm. so much is going to change and I'll hang out with you until we get there until that happens yeah. and just the patience in that is so powerful I, I'm wondering what you think is is 
more difficult or challenging or what poses, I don't know if you can answer this question, more of a problem is this macro level betrayal trauma or the the interpersonal relationship betrayal trauma. Because to me, it seems this is me making an assumption based on not knowing, but it seems easier to leave a partner than to leave uh, either a religious system or a government. Like, okay, I'll say this. And it will feel like I'm changing the subject, but I'm not. I, I think it's really important for all of us to acknowledge, like, we are all these women. Like, we are all these people because we live, and this is probably true of pretty much anywhere in the world, but I'll speak for our country. Like, living in the United States, we all experience some sort of disappointment or betrayal from our government, from our culture, from the organizations that have power. I don't mean that as like an accusation. That's just part of living in this country that is imperfect, right? So we all know what it's like at some level to be betrayed, to put our trust in someone or something and be really disappointed. And we also know what it's like to put our trust in someone or something that has power and to feel the weight of that power being wielded against us. Mm -hmm. And it might be what feels small because you have this internal fortitude because you haven't been betrayed in your interpersonal relationships, you know, to a significant degree. Mm -hmm. So you can like tolerate, I don't know, the judge ruling against you in like a petty civil lawsuit, right? Like, okay, whatever, you know, that's annoying, but like I can deal with it. Mm -hmm. Or you can tolerate even people being elected to office that like really feels like a gut punch, right? Mm -hmm. But you you're like day-to-day is stable and okay. So we all know to some mm. level, right? And so I think it's really important that we like, we're all in this <laughs> in this group yeah. and we're also part of the systems. And so we're all also the betrayers. You know, we all, yeah. especially as white people, like we are part mm. of this dynamic on both sides. And so when it comes to thinking about what is harder they're different, but they're also the same, right? Like the Mm -hmm. big organizational systemic macro level traumas that happen that are aimed at individual, I think can feel just like finding out maybe, you know, your husband had this affair because betrayal is betrayal. Like under Mm -hmm. the surface, it can feel like a gun punch either way. And when I think about like how to create change, obviously like my work is on that micro level that has, mm-hmm. I don't know if this is the right way to word it, but like macro impact, right? It's really yeah. big, like earthquake in their lives, but to work on the interpersonal. But then again, my favorite authority on this, Jennifer Fried, she has this really cool organization, something for courageous institutions. Her purpose is to help organizations, institutions, like step out of that betrayal role and own their power in a way that empowers the individuals. It's really, really That's cool. That's so cool. Yeah. And so I, you know, when I say, I think they're both hard, I'm speaking from this position of experience with the one and inexperience with the other, but yeah. there's work happening, right? Like there's cool stuff happening. So I feel hopeful and it's also, it's just hard, like hard, hard stuff. But oh, I like that you mentioned that because the word that came to mind was just like there's so there's like some redemption in this of like this is scary and 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 I and it's like we're like demonizing the government or the police or this person or that. But there's also what I hear in that is when we can educate people and we can help people understand what these systems or what 
me as an individual, if I am a betrayer, like if I can see where I'm causing harm and if there are people that are willing to help me learn Mm -hmm. um, in a gentle, kind way, I can shift Mm -hmm. and it doesn't have to be the victim always has to be the one that goes and does that. Like we can also as a betrayer do that work as well. Yeah. I think that's something that is not talked about a lot because one, we have this cancel culture thing that's all around us. And then two, it can be somewhat dangerous if we're like, well, I don't want to compare that to like walking the line of like, well, he can change. But when it comes to these systems, it feels different. There needs to be kind of a triage, right? And the person who's totally disempowered and victimized is the head injury of the triage, right? We need to really give attention and focus there. And then the person who is doing the betraying, who is also a human who obviously is having a hard time, right? Mm -hmm. He or they need support as well. If there's going to be a victim, there has to be a persecutor and neither one promotes mental health. Like none none of those roles. Same Mm -hmm. with the rescuer. If you're familiar with the job. The job triangle. Mm -hmm. Rescuer is not good for our individual Mm -hmm. or systemic health. Mm -hmm. Right. So Mm -hmm. yes, let's like humanize everybody. And it reminds Mm -hmm. me of last year when black lives matter was really in the forefront. There was all this social justice movement. I, I can't remember where I first like was kind of confronted with this idea, but somewhere someone told me like, it's okay to admit to racism. It's actually really powerful to be able to just say like, yeah, sometimes Mm -hmm. I think and act and believe in racist Mm -hmm. ways. And it kind of, it takes the pressure and the shame out of Mm -hmm. it. And then we can actually do some good work. Mm -hmm. And that's true of people who find themselves betraying the people they love or at the heads of companies that betray the people that depend on them. Right. Like, oh, wow. I'm really abusing my power here, right? Or Mm -hmm. I'm really using control and manipulation because I can, because these Mm -hmm. people or this person depends on me to survive. Mm -hmm. And that's not a pleasant thing to own, but when it comes with humility and not with shame, and when the Mm -hmm. space that is held is based in humility and openness and not in shame, then Mm -hmm. that's where change can really happen, right? It's Mm -hmm. really, it's really, really important for all levels of betrayal trauma that everybody gets some sort of chance. But again, I want to like caveat that, like that there yeah. has to be an order, right? Yeah. And I, yeah, I like how you explain that. And you're talking about this like difference between like calling somebody out and all of that and then calling them in and offering like a different perspective. And I'm glad that you brought up the Black Lives Matter stuff because I can speak to that as like there is this initial part of me that was like, no, not me. Right. Like, I'm not a part of that. I'm a good person. Yeah, those other white people. The bad whites, yeah. Yeah, the bad, the bad, yeah that's not me. Yeah. But what that didn't do is allow any space for me to, like, heal the yeah. damage mm-hmm. that I had and was continuing to cause. Right. And so if we don't – one of my favorite things to remind people is that you can't heal what you don't acknowledge or whatever you're, you're yeah. unwilling to acknowledge. And it's really freaking hard. Oh my gosh, it's one of the hardest things ever. I had some really uncomfortable conversations and I I did have to fight and wrestle through like a bloodbath of shame because I did want to keep saying no, not me. But I have to continue saying, yeah, that might be me. I need to check myself. And even I will say 
as a mental health professional, yeah. right? So there's a level of power oh, that we have yeah. within our clients or within communities that we create in our lives and then also like online. And we have to be very aware. And I've got some really awesome emails from listeners saying like, hey, wanted to bring this to your attention. This was painful to hear. Or I don't know if you noticed that you do this mm-hmm. or whatever. And there's always a part of me that's like, no, I'm like a good therapist. I'm just trying to help people. But right. then it's like, but then it's like, no, 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 no. I have all these bias coming out and I need to be open mm-hmm. because the point of me being a mental health professional is to help people, not to harm people. Yeah. So yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. And with the caveat of there's a difference in somebody who is a safe, open person willing to do that work and somebody who is not. I keep thinking of made because I just watched it, but I need to watch that. It's so good. It's so good. There's this scene where the woman who's being abused is talking to her dad and she's like, I need you to help me in court. I need custody of my daughter. I need you to be a witness to the abuse. And he was like, I didn't see any abuse. And she's like, here, this is what emotional and mental abuse is. And she's spelling out for him. And he's like, you got to remember your husband or boyfriend, he's an alcoholic. He has a disease, you know, and he, and he just skipped, which is true, right? Alcoholism is shame and trauma based. And that kid, that guy needs his attention. He needs healing. Mm. But this, this instinct that some people feel, and it's often people who have implicit power without realizing it or Mm -hmm. privilege that they aren't aware of white straight men, for example, Mm -hmm. right. Where they're like, oh, yeah, he just needs you to love him. He just needs forgiveness. He just needs, or, you know, that therapist, that social worker, the police, they're doing good work. They're doing the best they can. Yes, of course. That's all true. And I am saying something here that I need you to listen to. And that stuff gets skipped over, right? So often the betrayal trauma through this like addiction or the connected to addiction was kind of this like pendulum swing from AA focusing on whoever has the addiction. And then there was like Al-Anon, you know, and all these different Mm -hmm. offshoots. And finally it got to the point again, thanks to Jennifer Fry, that we can see like, this is trauma and there are symptoms of PTSD here, sometimes even diagnosable PTSD. It can become life-threatening if there's domestic violence or often mm-hmm. suicidality because yeah. people get so shrunken, you know, internally or like eating disorders, they're shrinking physically that it's this like slow, slow, slow process that can lead to suicidality or real health risk, you know, because mm-hmm. of well, I feel like we could keep going. I know. Um, I'll stop. I can like- <laughs> Is there anything that I feel like we need to just say or add before we wrap this up? Just like, let's assume that when people say something hard is happening in their marriage or that they went to mm-hmm. a doctor or went to ask for help from a government agency or went to their religious leader and it, it didn't feel right. Let's just like pay attention to that. In our one-on-one mm-hmm. conversations, that's where we can make a difference. Mm-hmm. So if your adult kid comes to you, right, with a story to tell, let's listen. For sure, any therapists who are listening to this, if you're interested in learning about betrayal trauma, it, I think it pairs so beautifully with what we're already just taught, you know, in kind of our basic mm-hmm. training. So let's learn. Let's learn together and let's listen. Mm-hmm. I love that. That's a beautiful way to end this. So, okay, where can people find you? If they're like, she sounds cool. I want to keep <laughs> learning from her. Where do people find you? The best spot to start is on Instagram. It's therapy with mm-hmm. Caitlin. Caitlin is spelled C-A-I-T-L-I-N. Mm-hmm. I love hanging out there and connecting with people there. 
Well, thank you. This was awesome. I love this. I like love talking to other therapists. It's fun. So anytime you want to have another chat, you just let me know. Hey, good. I will. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring.